I'm Natasha. And I'm Sarah. We're two girlfriends who met in the entertainment industry where we found the most important commonality, our faith in Jesus. This is our faith-based podcast where we share with you guys encouragement from the Word of God, different struggles that we faced as believers, and how we navigate being in the world but not of the world. We are Covered by Grace. Welcome back to another episode of the Covered by Grace podcast. In this episode, we're joined by special guest, Pastor Brent. Pastor Brent is the lead pastor of the Riverside Calvary Chapel in Langley, British Columbia. Riverside has recently been making headlines for continuing to remain open for worship services during this time. Today, we'll be discussing the story of how Riverside Calvary Chapel came to be, along with standing up for religious freedoms to be able to worship our great God. So thank you, Pastor Brent, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. Great to be here with you. Awesome. So we would love for our listeners to learn a little bit more about your church, and maybe you can tell us about how it all started with your church planting and the beginnings of Riverside. Sure. Oh, I'd be happy to. Um, Yeah, we we moved into the area here in Langley about um, 19 years ago with a heart to um, plant a church here, to plant a Calvary Chapel. We were a part of a Calvary Chapel just across the line uh, in Linden, Washington, my wife and I, and we were there for five years as we helped uh, see a church get planted there. Uh, both my wife and I are from the Vancouver area and just had kind of felt the Lord calling us back up here. And uh, so we began with just doing a Bible study like in a home. And um, that was back in uh, 2002 is when we began. And uh, we started to do a, a midweek Bible study then moved to a Sunday morning kind of gathering. And that was just meeting in the living room of a home and then slowly moved from there into a community center then into a school, and then we're in our present space here now. And so 19 years has gone by, and it's just gone by like a whirlwind. It's been uh, an exciting adventure. It's been a a step of faith, kind of stepping out and just seeing what God will do. And uh, we've just been so blessed and thankful to see the people that the Lord's brought together. And we're a church that just really wants to keep the Word of God the priority in what we do. And so we put a lot of emphasis on teaching through the Word verse by verse. And and chapter by chapter. And so we've gone through uh, the whole Bible together as a church, and uh, we're just continuing to go back through it now and covering books that we had done, you know, previously 15, 16, 17 years ago. And uh, we're just continuing to teach the Word of God. We think it's uh, what's so neat is just to um, uh, to see the the people of God just growing in the word of God and being active in their in their faith and in their service to the Lord. And that's what Ephesians 4 tells us. It's for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. And so that's what we've been a part of here as a church. And it's just been a, a wonderful journey so far. Wow, that's awesome. Definitely sounds like a journey. I like I like how you start from the little Bible studies at home and then just yeah. like humble beginnings, right? So I think that's awesome. It absolutely was. Yeah. And beginnings where we're just completely trusting in the Lord and relying on Him for uh, for all things, and and continue to do so. I mean that never changes, right? But uh, so it's been uh, really exciting just to be in those opportunities to see the Lord direct and lead and provide, and uh, it's just been a lot of fun. So that's awesome. So obviously, the past year, so at least in North America, in March we've had. The lockdown. So tell us about how yeah. the COVID restrictions have affected the church. And, and then, Absolutely. Yeah, and then I guess a separate question would be um, how your decision of remaining open uh, despite the lockdown. So two-part question. Right. 
Yeah, for sure. So yeah, obviously, you know, um, like when things happened last March in 2020 with the 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 first initial kind of lockdowns happening, everybody was kind of like, what is this exactly? What are we dealing with? And so we shut down our church uh, back in March, as I think everybody else did, as we're kind of thinking, you know, what are we dealing with? It's two weeks, we're told. So we can do that for two weeks. And then as two weeks became a month and a month became a couple months, oh, we just began to see how uh, there were people that were just really desiring uh, to be together. And we were just really beginning to see the importance uh, of being together. We, of course, were doing uh, live streaming. We were doing that previously before the lockdown. So we were kind of set up and ready to keep doing that. But um, what we began to see is is after time, uh, man, that just, you know, wasn't sufficient. We're thankful to have that service. And, and there's a lot of people that still continue to rely on that. So we're glad we can do that. But um, we just began to see uh, how much people were really needing the the gathering of the church together. And we started to see kind of people slowly trickling on Sundays when we were doing our, our live stream because they just wanted to be together. And we were seeing how, how beneficial that was. And so we started praying about, you know, opening up. But then, of course, in May, they, they opened things up to have 50 together. And so we were able to do that. And uh, we had multiple services happening uh, so we could – uh, just sort of accommodate and yet just, you know, doing that was still just sort of scratching the surface as, um, boy, we just began to see a lot of people that wanted to be together. And so as that, the next few months began to progress, we just began to see, you know, kind of a little bit more info and and data coming out about COVID and what we were kind of really dealing with. And it began to be uh, kind of evident that, you know, we're not really dealing with a uh, a pandemic and we're not really dealing with um, this just wiping out mass people as you begin to kind of compare, uh, you know, the deaths over previous years. We weren't seeing a lot of difference. We believe COVID is real and we believe that it has affected people and we're saddened over that. Uh, and we pray for people um, in that situation. But we were beginning to see the data just wasn't really lining up with what we were kind of being told in the media. And so as the year went on, we were meeting and just being blessed. And as it was moving into kind of the winter months, I was beginning to kind of feel like I wouldn't be surprised if we head into another lockdown. Mm -hmm. And it got us praying about what to do as a church. We did not want to close our doors again. We did not want to have to go through that. And so yeah. um, what I did is I, uh, you know, talked with our leadership team and said, we're going to take a Sunday just before the message and talk a little bit about COVID and sort of our, our feelings about it. And uh, I shared some some data, I shared some charts that was just right off of the Canada uh, government websites. And I just kind of presented to the church about what I believe COVID um, is and what it is not and um, what we can be doing. And I said, if we do move into another lockdown, we're going to plan to keep our church open and we're not going to restrict people from wanting to come. We don't want to bind their conscience from being able to come and worship God as we're called to do in his word. And so I said, we're going to plan to be open and we're going to do so quietly under the radar we're not looking to make a big you know fight or stand and and some kind of political resistance we just want to obey god and his word and 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 provide that place for people to come and gather as the saints and worship god together and grow in his word and so we announced that to the church and for the most part people were excited about that we were excited and then two weeks later of course the announcement came uh from dr bonnie henry that churches were to be closed again and so it kind of confronted me okay all right are we going to 
go ahead with what we said? Am I going to be mad at my word or are we going to backtrack on that? So we decided, well, no, we're going to stay open. And we did. And uh, so the first Sunday we met, everything was great. And then the next uh, Sunday we met, we had um, some police show up and, and ticket us. And that was, I think, the, the first church in BC to get a, a ticket for meeting and congregating to to worship God. And so things kind of unraveled from there. But you know, thank the Lord, like we have not had a lot of um, of issues with that. We've had police come uh, a, a few times, but it has not been a consistent thing. And we've been able to meet um, pretty much without much distraction or um, anything like that happening. And so it's been really good. But that was what led us to staying open and being open. And it's just been uh, exciting to to be able to do that. That's incredible. And we're so proud that you as a church stood up to that and you were so bold throughout this whole process and still are. And I read somewhere um, yesterday, actually, for our listeners who live in other areas of the world, um, British Columbia, which is the province we're in, is the only jurisdiction in North America where there is still a complete prohibition on indoor worship services. So I thought that was crazy to hear. It's Um, pretty remarkable. It really is. So a lot of Christians are using the scripture, Romans 13, on obeying Mm -hmm. the government as to why they're not opening their churches and why they're not standing up to the rules and regulations. And what do you think about this? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, I I think it really comes down to matter of interpretation. I think if you ask those people uh, who are saying we need to emphatically obey Romans 13, uh, we always obey the government. I think if you were to ask them if there was ever anything that you would not obey the government over, I think most uh, answers would be, yeah, there would be. So everybody has that line that they draw where they say, I'll obey the government until they have me do this. And so that line might be different for people. For us, we do believe that this is is causing the church to go against Scripture and go against that 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 command to gather together, Hebrews 10. Uh, verse 24 to 25, um, where you see throughout Scripture just the gathering of the saints together. And so I believe that this is going against what we have elsewhere in the Word of God. And so Acts 5 tells us that, you know, we must obey God rather than men. And so everybody's going to have that line where they say, and I know a lot of Christians have said, well, they're not, you know, asking us not to preach Jesus. When they tell me not to preach Jesus, then I'll take a stand. And uh, and that's fine. Uh, we're not we're not judging anybody based on what, um, you know, they're kind of having that line in the sand over. But for us, this is what it was for us. It was about being able to meet. And we believe that God has given government to carry out, you know, his will. Um, and when the government begins to move away from that, uh, that we must always obey God first. And so government's been given for us to really bring about civil order. But we have a, a higher order, you know, and that's Jesus. He's the head of the church. And and I think anytime that the government is moving in and starting to uh, make rules for the church and how they conduct themselves, they're moving into a jurisdiction that is not theirs to be setting standards and rules. And so we're going to politely and graciously say, you know what, uh, we understand what you're saying and what you're trying to do, but uh, we believe we have a higher calling here to God to obey him and so in our whole stance too like you know we've really wanted to be um gracious you know with other churches because we know not all churches have been open and we've really tried to communicate we're not judging anybody we're not coming down on anybody for that uh if they feel called to stay 
closed and continue to minister in that way, then then great. We're praying for you. And uh, we just we just hope that we can continue to allow grace to win out among churches for the different way that they're handling these things and to trust and believe that God's going to use them and lead them in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I like that you guys are doing what you know, what you feel called to do, you're doing it graciously. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good point with the government. That's very true. Because again, we all have our own lines that we believe, okay, now it's persecution. And it's like, I have heard that a lot as well, you know, Romans 13. And but then you think about the underground churches in China or in Iran. And of course, we're not there Mm -hmm. in Canada right now. We're not technically being persecuted because of our religion. But the thing is, is, yeah. you know, though that's also government authority as well. So it is true of, yeah. okay, so then where, where is the line drawn? And, um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And someone once said, I thought this was so good. Uh, I forget who said it, but, you know, persecution, um, comes because of our stand for the Lord. And oftentimes, uh, our stand in, in civil disobedience, you know, if we're doing everything that the government wants of us, persecution doesn't come. And so I know a lot of people have said, well, I'll take a stand when we're being persecuted. This isn't persecution, so everything's great. But ultimately, persecution doesn't come until we sort of, you know, start to really be bold in our faith for the Lord and and stand for Him and at times doing so in in civil disobedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And, and it's our obedience to God that always trumps that. So I like to look at it that way. It's not, we're not looking to be, uh, civilly disobedient, we're looking simply to be obedient to God. Yeah, that's great. I love that. That's a really good point. And another thing too, something that I've been thinking about a lot is that, so not all Christians have been on the same page. The entire body of Christ hasn't been on the same page. And if we're just focusing on Canada, for an example, there's, it seems like, for an example, there's Calgary, right? With, mm-hmm. is it uh, Jamie Coates? James Coates, yeah, Pastor James Coates. James Coates, yeah. And so, you know, that's a whole other thing that's going on. Then there's churches that have been closed from the beginning and, you know, your church is remaining open. And Mm -hmm. so it seems like either like everyone is hearing different things from God or, and, and I haven't personally, I mean, I'm not the pastor of a church, so I haven't been, you know, praying to God and asking him, should I be opening up my church? But um, why do you think that is that we're not all on the same page? Do you think that it could be that God is speaking different things to, to different churches or, or do you think that we all kind of need to be on the same page yeah. with this? And here's the great thing. And here's how I look at that. Uh, I, I just think, you know, the church has never been completely unified in how they conduct themselves. And I think that's just the beauty of God is that, you know, even within the body of Christ, uh, there's great unity through diversity. And I want to I want to be able to look at all these things, and that's why we've taken this approach where we're not we're not calling out other churches for not doing things the way we are. We're saying, hey, if you feel that to do that, great, because there's unity in diversity, and God's going to use different people in different ways, as He's going to use different churches in different ways. I know that there's churches that are doing things very differently than we are, but that they're having a great uh, outreach, great fruit. There's great ministry taking place. They're gonna they're gonna connect with people and reach people in a different way than we're going to connect and with people and reach people. And so I think that's the beauty of it. And what I would simply pray and desire is that we can all at least come together in support of one another and say, hey, 
I might be doing it differently, but uh, we're praying for you. We're behind you. And I, I've been so blessed to have pastors do that, that, that have called me up and said, hey, you know what? We've taken a very different approach than you have in how we're dealing with all this, but we're behind you. We're praying for you. I just thought, man, that is such a blessing to hear. And, and we're behind them. They, they might not be open, but we know God's going to work through them and use them. And we're excited about that. And so uh, I think God does have different, you know, uh, approaches, different churches doing different things because it's going to have a wider reach in who they're reaching out and who they're ministering to. And I think it does come down a little bit too to just interpretation of things too. I mean, again, churches don't always agree on different things. And, um, you know, let's say, let's take end times, for example, right? Eschatology. There's churches that have different views on how that's all going to lay out. But ultimately, we want to come together and be unified over who Jesus is. That's the main thing right there. And so we might have differences in interpretation. I think this is one thing, too, that churches have had differences of interpretation for. So it's not so much that they're not hearing from God, but the way that they interpret the word, uh, the way that I interpret Romans 13 might be a little bit different than what other churches do. But the main thing is, is that we keep Jesus the main thing, and that's what we can be unified over. Yeah, that's great. And that is the main message is to be unified over Jesus. And just that's the whole point of it all. And like you said, God does use us all in different ways. um, So that that's no different than how he would use maybe the churches in different ways as well. Um, Yeah, exactly. We often find that Canadians are quite, uh, I would say, quite polite. (laughs) That's a stereotype of ours and very compliant. Um, So what do you think that the body of Christ needs to be doing, especially in Canada right now? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Yeah, I I think, you know, being bold, these are, I I believe these are interesting days we are in. And um, I I do believe it's time to take a stand for, you know, our our freedoms, take a stand for our faith and to be be bold. Um, I heard a great quote um, just yesterday uh, from A.W. Tozer that said a scared world needs a fearless church and i think that's exactly what we're in right now is that uh we want to be a church that is um leading forward and showing people that we don't have to be fearful we can be strong in our in our faith and take a stand for the lord and uh we want to be just emboldened in these days to again not be in a in a political fight you know we're not we're not fighting for the kingdoms of this world we're not of this world but all the more we want to be sharing with people that there is hope there's hope in jesus christ and so whatever position stance we take i just pray that christians are recognizing the times that we're in uh the urgency of the day and that we are simply wanting to tell people that there is hope in jesus christ and we don't have to be living by fear but we can take heart and be courageous in him because as Jesus said to his disciples, um, you know, be of good courage for I've overcome the world. And so that's what our our hope is in ultimately. On a a practical level, that's certainly a good spiritual, uh, you know, approach to take on a practical level. I think, man, writing into, you know, MPs and MLAs and politicians to let them know, like, um, you know, I, I think we can all look around at some of the restrictions and the the overreach and kind of just go, you know, enough is enough. Let's let's open up and and encourage our our, our politicians to uh, begin to you know promote that and uh, see that happen. So 
That's on a practical level. Got the spiritual, got the practical. All right. Sorry about that. It's a long answer. I'm being Canadian now. Sorry about that. I apologize. That was too long of an answer. All right. <laughs> too polite. Okay. That's good. I like that. There's a spiritual answer and then there's a practical answer, which, yeah, is I really like that. And I really like what you said with the spiritual answer with basically we're not battling flesh and blood like it's our enemies are not technically of this world. So I think that's so important to remember. Amen. And obviously not, you know, fighting, fighting on the ground and those Facebook fights and arguments with our friends and family and all of that and just, you know, wasting our time bickering about politics. And I think that's a really good reminder for a lot of us to hear. And um, you said it, Sarah, so true. That's good. <laughs> yeah. But then at the same time, like you were saying, it's, it's being respectful. It's, it's not timidity. It's not being timid, right? It's, it's being, being respectful, but still being strong at the same time. And then uh, also, I really like the practical part as well with, yeah, we do need to, I, I do think it's really important to be calling and writing into our MPs and, um, you know, attending peaceful protests, if that's what we feel called to do, and supporting our churches like yourself. And mm -hmm. um, another awesome. question we are going to ask is because of the incident. So I heard about the, the police coming last Sunday, just a couple of days mm -hmm. ago, right? And yep. so um, maybe let us know. Yeah, just tell us about that and kind of what the plan is going forward, if you can let us know. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, we had police visit again and, and uh, asked us to, you know, kind of stop our, our service, which, of course, we are um, feeling like we're unable to do that right now. And so they, they issued another ticket. So um, those tickets are, are going to be disputed. And, of course, um, you know, what we had done previously is we had – filed for a judicial review which was just basically a challenge to our charter of rights and uh we we believe that within our charter of rights that we have that freedom and um and, and just that openness to to gather and meet there's certain things that are put in place um and throughout that uh court process uh in the in the supreme court uh we had kind of heard the the judge at the time seeming like he was really on on our side with um, the government's um, restrictions that were put in place where you could have people gathering in restaurants and in the pub and celebrating at Connexium and yet have churches shut down. And so the judge was really questioning a lot of that through the, the trial. And then when the decision finally came, um, he sided with the government and said, well, you know, we're, we're believing that they have not gone without, uh, gone beyond their, their reasonable measures in these restrictions. So we were kind of surprised at that. So that is being appealed right now. And uh, so we're going to be taking that to the appeals court. We don't have a date yet for that. So we're going to continue on to see, um, you know, if we can just kind of challenge, you know, what we have within our own charter of rights that really should be giving us the freedom to be able to do this. And um, with these tickets, we'll, we'll dispute those. But we're just, you know, trusting the Lord uh, to lead us through all of that. And we know that he's got us. And uh, so we'll see what comes of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're definitely in your corner on that and we'll be rooting for you guys um, throughout that whole process and praying as well. Um, it obviously seems like our charter of rights have been like thrown out the window these days. So yeah. when is it considered yeah. persecution or infringement on our religious rights, in your opinion? Like an example is how bad do we let it get to yeah. like in China or Iran? I'd say I'd say seven months ago. 
<laughs> I'd yeah. say it, it's already, you know, it's already kind of such an infringement on it and, and such an yeah. arbitrary way too, where you see, you know, uh, I, I just can't get over the fact that we're okay with, you know, flying on airplanes where people are all huddled together yeah. and yet, you know, churches can't congregate together. And we've been doing so um, spaced out, restricting our numbers. We've taken a lot of steps to do that safely. Um, and so you just kind of look at a lot of those things and, and again, no cases. And you look at the, the churches that are open and you have not seen them being these super spreaders as people are saying is going to be inevitable. We haven't seen that. And so things just aren't lining up. So already you begin to see like this is going beyond what is really reasonable or what really lines up with what's happening. And so um, I, I think there has been a real target on the church. And you look at what's happening in certain churches across Canada and how there's been such a, a, you know, a focused attack upon them um, unreasonably. You, you just really begin to see that that persecution is here um, in a small part. And uh, I think it's only going to grow. And so um, that's where we need to just be, be standing strong for what we feel the Lord is leading us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> and and we certainly just, like you say, I mean, praying for us, we appreciate that and how we just need to be praying because, you know, like you said, Sarah, this is a, a spiritual battle. We're praying for our leaders. We're not against them. We're praying for them. And, uh, you know, one neat thing like with our church is that when we were going through our judicial review, uh, we began just to meet nightly on Zoom and just to pray. Uh, and we did that um, every night and we've continued on doing that. It's been a uh, a couple months now where we've had people gathering every single night of the week at seven o'clock and we've just been joined together on, on Zoom to pray for all these things that are going on. And so that's been really exciting just to see that all unfolding and, and happening. And that's, you know, what we need is just drawing closer to the Lord and, and just seeking him in these times. That's awesome. So good that you guys are being so intentional with your you know, with your prayer time every night. And um, that also reminds me, you probably know about this, but the 24-7 prayer that's happening within Canada right now, there's that firewall app and people have just been like 24-7, you know, praying for Canada. So yeah, I think that will... Isn't that great, eh? Isn't that cool? Yeah. Love it. Yeah, so I think that should cause a breakthrough to happen. Yeah. yeah. And um, right. another thing, too, we were talking about once the churches are able to fully open up again, you know, with, I mean, actually with permission to open up again for all of the churches. We've been talking a lot about if the churches will be the same after they open up. And we wanted to know your opinion on that. What do you think needs to change or is because, you know, people want to go back to normal, but they might not be exactly yeah. how, you know, churches might not be the same as they were before, but maybe for the better. That's right. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, you know, I, I've thought a lot about that. Like, what is it going to be like when um, when the churches do uh, and are allowed to be open and, and coming back? And I think a lot of churches um, are, are going to be surprised to see, you know, where things are at. I think this has been a bit of a, a shaking of the, the tree, in a sense. And those that are truly, um, you know, the church and are part of the church, are remaining and there's others that are kind of falling um, by the wayside, unfortunately. And I think pastors are going to see a lot of people that perhaps have, have moved on and, and drifted away, sadly. Um, we've already seen a lot of churches just 
closed down through this time, you know, and that's a very sad reality that they haven't been able to, to kind of continue on in this time. And so um, it's going to be a very interesting thing. And you're going to have to really navigate through um, people coming together now with even more stronger opinions and differences. And so, you know, we're, we're dealing with that now, even within our church, where you've got some people that are very, you know, pro-vaccine and others that are saying, man, I'm, I'm holding off right now on that. And, and it's, again, something where we're having to navigate through and say, hey, listen, you know what? We need to not make that the issue right now. It's, mm-hmm. it's again, it's all about Jesus. And I think of, you know, the early church when they were coming together with Jew and Gentile and how there was that kind of friction at times and how they had to learn to come together as a, a unified body of Christ. And I think it's going to be like that a little bit when we come back together as a church. There's going to be those that are were very pro the lockdown and others that were saying we should have been open. And, and again, differences of opinion, how we got to learn to come together and just, again, be unified in Jesus Christ alone and, and keep it all about him. And so those are going to be some challenging times, I think, for, for pastors and churches to kind of navigate through. And it's going to look, it's going to look very different. And I, and I sometimes wonder, um, you know, are we going to be sustaining this kind of gathering as we've had it? You know, I think certainly the, the day of the mega church. Um, is probably coming to a close because I think what we're, we're seeing here is that the government's, uh, you know, able to set things up to where they can, in a heartbeat, just bring about new new restrictions. You know, there could be another strain or another thing that now suddenly everybody's conditioned to, oh, we got to keep everybody safe again, locked down. And uh, I think, you know, we're, we're moving to those days of the church here in Canada just going that much more underground. And so I think the church is going to have to really look at the sustainability of what we have going now and to recognize this may not be sustainable and we need to be prepared to what is the next chapter for the church here in Canada. And that very well might look at being underground. Wow. Yeah, that's actually really scary to think about because, you know, that should never happen here in Canada, especially in a free country like ours. Um, But like you said, it does seem like that's the way we may be moving towards. And I think us as believers, um, we just have to stand firm in our faith and continue to rise up throughout this time as well and just be bold. Um, I know Sarah and I always say that and we're learning on a daily basis to continue to be bold with our faith and just, uh, Mm -hmm. and, you know, just share, share the good news when we can. And um, I've heard you say that your boldness to continue to remain open has inspired other pastors and churches to start maybe doing the same. Um, I remember you saying too, how like the news media now kind of is kind of like stopping sharing the story about the church staying open because other pastors are like, oh, well, if they can do it, we can do it too. So that really goes to show how manipulative like the media is because they're now taking that headline down because they don't want other pastors to be like, oh, well, if if they're doing it at Riverside, we want to do that too, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. So that's, that's, that's been interesting to see. And, uh, yeah, it, it has been good to see other, other churches, um, opening up. And in these days, you know, that we're in, I just think, you know, wherever you've seen the church be persecuted, whether it's through just church history in general, the early church, uh, you see it in these countries where, um, you know, churches have really been uh, restricted and, and banned in a sense. It's been amazing to see how um, 
you know, the, the church and Christianity just kind of explodes in those areas, you know. And again, what the enemy intends for evil, God uh, uses for good. And, um, and then through that persecution that oftentimes uh, the church really experiences just a, a, an even greater kind of awakening and revival. And I think, you know, there's part of that that we're seeing here where there are those, like I say, there's some that are going to be falling by the wayside, but there's others that are mm-hmm. being just renewed in their faith and, and strengthened all the more and are just excited to go out and, and live for Jesus and to live loudly for Jesus in these times. And so that's been pretty uh, cool to see as well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think one of the last questions that we have or kind of comments and we want to hear your take on this is a lot of, you know, we're thinking about what happened with the whole pandemic. And like we were saying, you know, COVID is real. We we know that it's taken lives. And so obviously on that part, it's terrible. But at the same time for what it's done to the church or how it's woken up other people to maybe be seeking for more, do you feel that this is as terrible as it is, it's actually something that we needed to happen. Yeah, I think in a, in a way you could certainly um, see that. And it's, um, you never, you never want to say, you know, we needed this uh, pandemic to, to come to do this, but you know, it's oftentimes in, in adversity and, and in, in trial like this, that, that God gets our attention. Right. And, um, and begins to kind of wake us up to, you know, just the reality of what's happening and, and uh, gets us sort of back on, on track and on focus to what is truly important. And so I think, yeah, like I say, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of good that will, will come out of this yet still. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Brent, for joining us today and and letting us uh, know more about Riverside and how you guys are just being so bold. We really appreciate it. And we know that so many people will appreciate listening to this message. So thank you. Well, thank you, guys. And let me commend you for just doing a great job on the on the podcast. I'm super pumped about you guys having a heart to do that. I love the title Covered by Grace. That's what it's all about. And so keep up the good work yourselves here, okay? Thank you so much. That is all for today's episode of the Covered by Grace podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you in the next one.